This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Cara Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we're joining you after yet another winless game for Newcastle, this time a one-all draw against Watford and frankly I think Newcastle really should have won this, shouldn't they? Yeah, first of all I'd like to apologise for my cold, which is probably going to come across and I can barely breathe. While speaking, <laughs> Newcastle have te- quite literally taken Cara's breath away. hundred oh, <laughs> <laughs> percent. Newcastle played well, just didn't kill it off. They had the, the number of opportunities you had at the start. I feel that Newcastle could have proper ended this before Watford we came should, back. We should have got two or three goals, shouldn't we? Yeah, I did think it was a good game though. Um, yeah, Longstaff had a great start. Obviously, that 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 goal from him from outside the box was fantastic did miss the opportunity but then again I thought Max and Maxwell could have probably done better either chip it or pass it way sooner than he did he just ch- overcomplicated it really for that opportunity I, yeah I, th- I think Sam Maximan I did think initially why has he gone wide there I then think he actually does considering his that initial movement away from goal I thought he then did really really well under pressure to get it back to Sean Longstaff and then yeah, what what a miss there. Ba- practically an open goal. Um, and then I mean, I, I think there were a number of opportunities. Yeah, Alvaron, Joe Winton, Joe Will yeah, Cole but, had chances. Yeah, they? but I'm saying there's a number of opportunities where another ball could have been played to a player running onto it to increase the likelihood of a goal-scoring opportunity to be made easier. And I, and I think it happened two or three times in that match. Mm. And I, I, it's great that you've got so many players who are wanting to shoot now, which is an issue that we had before where players not wanted to shoot last season, especially Jolington. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that is positive, but I think there's a little bit, it's still a little bit of panic when, when Newcastle players are in and around that box and there's an opportunity, there's a panic. And yeah, there's I think, that lack of composure, isn't it? Yeah, having that little bit more of awareness of where the players are. And again, that's probably just because Newcastle are probably not quite used to having that opportunity. So not being aware, not having that sixth sense that players for Man City might have up front where they don't even have to look up. They know that there's going to be a player there. Mm. And hopefully that's something that will come in time. But it was quite frustrating watching it and seeing there's a player there, there's a, just pass <laughs> it. It's so open, just pass it. And then the opportunity's gone and they've smacked it against someone in the wall or... Um, the goalkeeper, and, and to be fair, Watford's goalkeeper had an excellent game. So did Darlo. Um, he had a great save, d- great double save actually mm. early on. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was a good game. Yeah, obviously, as we said, those misses inevitably. You don't take your chances. It, it inevitably proves co- proves costly, and so it did, of course, in this match. Obviously, as Melisar equalising with that header, and then well. VAR rescuing us um, 
from that know. sort of weight, quote unquote, winner from Josh King. Can I just say they shouldn't need a VAR for that? It was no, clearly offside. <laughs> all three, all three of the attacking Watford players there were clearly beyond our defence. That said, it's nice for a refereeing decision to go our way for a change. I'm not saying that all the ones this season haven't been correct because some of them definitely have been correct, but it's still frustrating just to have them happen anyway. You, you know, like for example, the penalty that last minute penalty against Southampton, I think ultimately was the right decision, but it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't soften the blow that much to know that it was the right call. Um, yeah, I think I think the most irritating thing was that missed by Murphy <sighs> right at the end. I mean, good Lord, listeners, what what a guilt-edged chance. Dying seconds, he's clean through, and then to not even test Ben Foster. Well, you may or may not have heard, listeners, uh, but we think this commentary from BBC Radio Newcastle's John Anderson uh, I think pretty neatly sums up all Newcastle fans' feelings upon watching Jacob Murphy completely fail <laughs> to take that last-minute chance. It's Jacob Murphy released. Murphy one-on-one. Jacob Murphy to win it. Oh, oh just put no, it in the no. net! Just put it in the net! <laughs> ah, very, very frustrating, it, it has to be said. Uh, Murphy, of course, came on uh, sort of late on for Almiron. Uh, I mean, look, Murphy has actually impressed me back in the last season and the start of this season. Obviously, if it was a a, a better player like a Callum Wilson, well, I know we we saw Callum Wilson miss that somewhat similar chance against Aston Villa early in the season, but generally, you'd back him to put it away from there, and I think that's. Just a reminder of the difficulties that we have when you know we don't have that depth up front. There's another panic again, though. To be fair, I mean, he made an excellent move, and then um, just poor decision making, as you say, lack, yeah. lack of composure. Yeah, I don't know. I think he was trying to chip him, and then changed his mind at the last minute, and it was just a really comfortable height for the goalkeeper to make that save. So, yeah, irritating. Yeah, so that's now six games without a win now this season. I think the only thing that really gives me much comfort at this stage to have not got a win in the bag is that there are four other teams that are in the same situation as us. So we're not alone down there. And although, you know, a few teams like Brighton, Brentford, are, of who, who you would generally before the season would have expected to be in that relegation scrap, they're pretty comfortably clear of us now. But there are still quite a few teams down there with us. So it's it's far from over yet if we can get, go on a bit of a run. The opportunity is there for those teams down there to, to pull away. Um, and I think that's possibly one of the main reasons why uh, reportedly Newcastle still aren't considering a managerial change. Uh, well, I mean, supposedly it's because they're actually quite happy with the team being more entertaining and the, uh, the team unity in the squad. Uh, Training ground bust-ups, clearly notwithstanding. <laughs> but I, I think, well, to be honest, I mean, we, we've seen what Ashley's willing to put up with from Bruce in terms of results last season, but I think he would be at least under a bit more pressure from above uh, if, as I say, there weren't a bunch of other teams down there with us. So as I say, that does give me some comfort. That said... It's still our joint second worst Premier League tally after six games. 
worrying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I mean, British football two Premier League seasons, Newcastle conceded 58 and then 62 goals. Um, it's now made 14 goals in six matches. So, you know, he's on target. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just difficult that there doesn't, there doesn't really seem to be any improvement. Obviously, I know 58 is a smaller, smaller number than 62, but, you know, there's only four goals difference there. But it is concerning that over those two seasons, there doesn't seem to be any form of improvement. It, it is like a, a steady bad number of goals. Yeah, well, as, I say, we're, we're, as you said, we're... You know, 58 and then 62. So it was. No, I, I know. Yeah, you know, it got worse. I know it got the, worse before goals is neither even a tinder, really. It's a worrying trend considering because. Yeah. I mean, it's you know, not a trend, it's two. Two numbers. That's well, not a trend. we're already on course to probably concede more than 62 at the rate and we're when, on now. And when that happens, then it will be a trend. I'm just saying, compare <laughs> it to Rafa Benitez, where we conceded in his two full Premier League seasons, we conceded 47 goals. And then forty-eight. Uh, no, exactly. I, I, which I, I, agree I think, with considering them. that you know Rafa had basically a championship squad, he certainly had a worse squad available to him than Steve Bruce. I think that's a, not a bad record at all. And then, yeah, fifty-eight, and then sixty-two. As you say, yeah, it's it's not good. And that, I mean, for all we talk about the missed chances, and look at the end of the day, Steve Bruce can't put the chances away himself. Uh, nor would I back him to anyway. He was a defender, but <laughs> yes, we'll get we'll get to Steve Bruce's blistering pace soon. Maybe we should be sticking him up front. But the one thing that he should be able Could to you do, imagine? I think, I think. <laughs> I mean, would you want to try and stop him? No, <laughs> well, you know, when something's got momentum, it's very difficult to stop. It's just one of those laws of motion, and yeah, it would be difficult. <laughs> but as I say, you know, as the manager, obviously organising the defence very much is within his remit. And he was also literally a defender himself and a very good defender, it must be said. Manchester United captain, lest we forget. He was a very good player, but he can't organise our defence. And it's that actually almost worries me more than what's happening at the other end, and don't get me wrong, it just I'm concerned about that because of how little depth we have, but... It just doesn't even try, doesn't I don't know. He doesn't come across as a very managerial manager. Does that make sense? Like, it's just like, yes. he's got the job, and then he's, like, kind of bullshitted his way on the CV, effectively. He's got a job, and he's like, oh, no. <laughs> what, what do I do now? And he's just kind of bumbling along, not really having a clue. No, what's happening? <laughs> I think bumbling along sums it up uh, very well, listeners. Though, as we've just mentioned, Steve Bruce starring on FIFA, yeah, <laughs> with his <laughs> with his absolutely rapid pace off the line, standing start. <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen this clip on social media, listeners, uh, check out Alan Sam Maximan's Twitter feed. He links to the video there, uh, asking EA Sports why they've given him ninety-one pace. And Steve Bruce, 99, because, uh, as I say, if you haven't seen it, this is a, a clip on FIFA of, of someone who's obviously won a penalty shootout playing as Newcastle. Which would never happen in real life. So no, it would not. <laughs> and then as, you know, as the players on the, uh, on the bench and as the coaching staff run onto the pitch to go and celebrate with the team, who else is in the lead but one Steve Bruce absolutely charging ahead? 100% would have had a heart attack at that point. <laughs> 
I mean, yes, good lord. Um, <laughs> he definitely wouldn't have stopped as soon as he reached Almeron. He would have just injured him by running straight through him. Just bowled yeah, him over and carried him. Happen, it? Uh, People aren't like those perpetual motion machines. Once it starts, it just doesn't stop. It's like a juggernaut. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, uh, in other news, listeners, following on from the theme of Denver Bar retiring last week. Stephen Taylor retired uh, at age 35. If you'd sort of lost track of uh, where he'd gone, he was actually playing for Wellington Phoenix, the uh, the A-League side. And obviously getting on now anyway, but a bit of a shame for him the way his career has sort of come to an end is basically I think he was just fed up of being stuck in quarantine. Uh, he'd, he'd had six separate stints in quarantine, alone in a hotel room in Australia, um, the manager estimated that the six stints added up to about three months confined on your own in a hotel room. And essentially, he's just decided ultimately he wants to return to the UK and be with his family, which I can completely understand because that sounds pretty hellish, I have to say. Um, I mean, yeah, it is such a shame because it sounds like playing football in Australia would be a really nice way to end your career. Yeah, it'd be, you know... Um, Maybe not as lucrative as say Qatar, you know, money wise, but, yeah, but a nice a nice change of scenery and uh you know, I I think I think the A League is you know, we are seeing quite a few players head uh, head down under. Yeah, well we know how competitive the Australians are in their sports in the, in the professional sports that they play, obviously that, that we're aware of hockey, rugby, um, cricket, just to name a few. So I can see their soccer or football whatever you want to call it. I don't know which one it's called down there, whichever one it is. I think it's soccer. You know what? I'm honestly not sure which one they call it, but I know that the Australian national team's nickname is the Socceroos. But, but that goes better than the football roost, doesn't it? So, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure what they actually call it down there. But, yeah, um, but I mean, you, can, you say, as you just said, you can see that quite rapidly declining in the important thing because they're definitely not going to let the Americans overtake them. Importance on, on a sport, so yeah, yeah, it is, it is a real shame for him, and it must have been pretty damn lonely being alone in your hotel room on the other side of the world from your family. Yeah, and exactly. Friends, yeah, yeah. And, and in a completely different time zone as well. So, but uh, just a reminder, listeners, as I'm sure you probably don't need reminding, but uh, Stephen Taylor, you know, of course, joined Newcastle in 1995 at the age of nine, uh, and played with us all the way up until 2016. So. You know, a full twenty-one years he spent at the club, and uh, obviously the, the the vast majority of his senior career, two hundred and sixty-eight appearances, and you know, again, I, I remember him fondly. Always gave one hundred percent for us. You know, real sort of local player, magpies through and through, and I think we all will remember, listeners, <laughs> the famous uh, handball. Which was honestly hilarious. I, it, I mean, it, it did ultimately get overshadowed by you know Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer fighting each other in the same game. It's easy to forget that that all happened in the same game and that we actually finished with eight men <laughs> <laughs> because Stephen Taylor had already been sent off when those two decided to fight each other. But this was, of course, uh, that match with Aston Villa where... <laughs> Uh, with with a, I can't remember what had happened. I think Shea Given was off to the side or something. So with an open goal, 
Stephen Taylor stepped up, flung himself in the way, clearly blocked it with his hand, and pretended that it had hit him in the stomach and was rolling around in agony. The ref did not buy it. He did not need VAR. <laughs> Joey sent, off, sent him off. To be fair, anyone really need VAR because it just like pulls up these absolutely pointless, pathetic things, really, doesn't it? Honestly, though, 10 out of 10 for his attempt to get away with it. I though. mean, it's not 10 out of 10. It was poor. He clearly didn't need drama. It was, it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> not at the that time. doesn't mean... But it was <laughs> But yeah, Stephen Taylor there retiring age 35 and we wish him well getting back to the UK and... Uh, yeah, hopefully not having to get stuck in quarantine, or at least if he if he does, hopefully he'll at least be able to you know have his family and friends around him because that does sound like a pretty rough time, I have to say. Uh, so now all all that's left for us to do is to look forward to next weekend's game. You say look forward, and every time we do this, you just get more and more depressed. Yeah, I say look forward. Uh, to be fair, it's Wolves, okay? So the last couple of meetings have been draws, so absolutely no difference to anything. So it'd be really nice to see a win and talk about a win. I feel like I've not done that for a year. Um, well, it must be said, actually, listeners, uh, you've uh, done this a disservice there, last couple. Last five meetings have all been one-all draws. And frankly, listeners, A, put your money on another one-all draw, uh, and B, I'm getting sick of all these one-all draws with Wolves, mm-hmm. especially because on more than one occasion, we definitely deserve to get a few wins there, and I think we've actually been robbed a couple of times. Always, always. <laughs> Sorry. Sarcasm. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously a bit of comfort here is they've only scored three goals, now obviously we are going to get some chances against our defence, but if there's anyone that maybe we can keep out, it is this current Wolves team. The problem is they've only shipped five at the other end, so that's actually one of the better records in the division. And if we're finishing uh, the way we have been, that could be quite difficult at the other end. And it must be said, Wolves have picked up actually after that poor start, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they've won two of their last three. So, honestly, I'm thinking probably another draw again. <laughs> I mean, you could say that <laughs> oh no most of the time I'll be backing Newcastle to lose I think I think it could easily be another draw again but wouldn't it be good listeners if we could get a win get the get that three points on the board going into the next international break because otherwise uh, we've got Tottenham after the international break now we know Tottenham aren't very good they but... just lost against Arsenal 3-1 could be 5-1 against Newcastle <laughs> Just wait. But, you know, I I don't want to go till mid-October still waiting for our first win. So, come on, Newcastle. Let's see if we can end this run of draws against Wolves and get three points on the board. In the meantime, if you could please give the podcast a like and subscribe and leave us a positive review, that would be absolutely fantastic. Until next time, this has been Magpies Unrestricted and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks, Cara. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.